Google wrangles all the clouds. Impasawapa. More HTTP hate from Chrome. Sauron in space! China hates music. Four cents per email. Five-year-old spyware. And we hack the Gibson on tonight's Iron Sysadmin podcast, episode 59. Type cookie, you idiot. Okay. Hey folks, welcome to episode 59 of the Iron Sysadmin Podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and I'm joined tonight by two of our three co-hosts. I've got Jason with me and, believe it or not, Dustin. Hello. You guys Who? can unmute and say hello. <laughs> hello. Who? Who? Well, you I can heard hear... my name, but who's the other guy? You can hear the crying baby, so you know Dustin's here. Ah, there you right. go. Ah, <laughs> double play joke there. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. All right. Welcome back to the show for, I don't know, how how long has it been since you've been on the show, Dustin? <laughs> oh, months. Boy. Uh, probably months. Yeah, a couple months. Probably, yeah. what, uh, six or eight? It's been a while. It's been a while. It's yeah. been a while. Happy to be back, though. Well, Good. We're happy to have you back. We're going to have a fun show tonight, guys. We don't have a real serious topic for tonight, but we're going to be talking about hacker movies. <laughs> uh, but it, it should be fun. It's more than just us uh, critiquing movies. It's going to be uh, a little more insightful insightful than that. So we'll try to get through the news as quickly as we can and get on to that because I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be fun. <clears throat> so first as of all, I. what's that? Huh? I said, as do I. I think it'll be as, great. As do you. Good. All right. So. First news article of the night. Google had an announcement, what was it, yesterday? Uh, and this is from TechCrunch. Yep. Apparently, they are releasing, uh, it used to be, I think, Google Cloud Platform. Is that what they called it? Their it, Cloud Services Platform. Cloud Services Platform. Uh, they've renamed it to Anthos, which could be a Greek, well, a Greek hang god hang or you're a god the lead the, here. But what? The first sentence says it all. Google what? Cloud is no longer in beta. Oh. Ah! That's impossible. <laughs> I thought everything Google was in beta forever. <laughs> well, did they fi did they finally remove that from Google Maps? Remember that used to be a, an agreement when you would open it up? This is a beta version for uh, five no years idea. or so. Well, no. Gmail no was idea. in beta for like 10 years or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't remember how long something it was, like but it was forever. It was forever. Gmail was beta. Even though it was a fully functional uh, email platform, yep, beta. So anyway, um, Anthos is uh, is aimed to ease all of your cloud woes by putting a layer on top of Azure, AWS, and probably other cloud players, although those are the only two that are called out in the article. Um, it's also... Uh, so... I don't know fully. Like I didn't, I didn't watch the the uh, uh, announcement or anything. I'm just going on what's in this TechCrunch article. It doesn't go into a whole lot of details. It does mention Kubernetes that this is based on Kubernetes. So it makes me feel like this is basically a huge multi-cloud um, container platform. 
I mean, am I wrong? Did either of you read any more detail than I did on this? They, well, they mentioned specifically um, VMs uh, being able to be migrated between them, but mm -hmm. then they talk about migrating your VM to Google's Kubernetes platform. So I'm not sure. So running VMs inside of containers is a thing now. So maybe they're leveraging that to migrate legacy workloads into containers in VMs, which is mind-blowing, <laughs> to say the Very. least. Mind-blowing. Um, oh, and they also mentioned that this will run on bare metal. So the idea here is that you can run on-prem, AWS, uh, Azure, and I, I assume Google's uh, compute platform. Um, Speaking of AWS, whatever whatever happened to the um, solution that they had for that, running your own um, AWS instances locally on your hardware? Th th weren't they talking about releasing an OS to integrate um, with the cloud platform? They have some sort of a collaboration with VMware, if I'm remembering oh. correctly, where you can run something like an extension of AWS in your own data center, which I don't I know. thought it was more independent than that, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough about it. Have to uh, dig into it for next time. The, the, there's a couple things that bug me about this Anthos thing. Um, first of all, they may be the first big name to lever to to to, to uh, announce this sort of a product, but I don't think they're the first to the game. And this article sort of touts that they are. Um, I'm pretty sure you can do this sort of thing with OpenStack. You can do this sort of thing with other cloud platforms or container platforms like Kubernetes and OpenShift. And um, there was another one. I can't remember now. I mentioned it before the show. What was it, guys? You don't remember either, do you? You're talking about Terraform? Terraform, right. Uh, Terraform isn't quite a management platform like this is touting. Um, but it is a way that you're supposed to be able to, you know, spin up infrastructure as code on, on multi-clouds. Um, so that's, don't get me wrong, this is cool. Like, I, I like the idea that you're now... No, you're no longer tied to a certain cloud because that's one of the problems I have with cloud providers is if you do things the Azure way, you're kind of stuck with Azure. If you do things the AWS way, you're kind of stuck with AWS. Now, yeah, I, I get it. You're sort of locked into whatever vendor you pick for whatever you're doing, but different vendors lock you in in different ways, right? Some of them do their best to make sure that whatever you're running is something that is portable, that if you wanted to migrate, you could, you know, away from them, do a different product. Some of them don't seem to care at all. Um, and it feels like some of the cloud providers are very much like churning out products without any care for whether you're going to be able to leave them in the future, because they probably don't want you to leave. Uh, where this is something that would ride on top of those cloud providers and simply interoperate with those cloud providers, thus masking the, um, the lock-in, right? So that's kind of cool. I like that idea. The thing I don't like about Anthos is the price tag they're talking about in this uh, in this article, which is ten grand per month per one hundred vCPU block. That sounds like a hell of a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. But, well, you know, I mean, certainly. <laughs> holy moly. Yeah, they do say, <clears throat> I mean, the way that they, they state it here um, makes me think that this is aimed at larger, so so obviously this is aimed at larger organizations, but it, it feels almost like um, 
you know, they, they say enterprises enterprise prices are up for negotiation. So I'm wondering if if they're expecting uh, to be able to sell this through like third parties or something, and where a third party buys it and then right. sort of doles it out. Oh right, right. It's not it's not an uncommon model. At any rate, it's neat technology. Price tag aside, um, I like that they keep touting that it's open source because I mean a lot of Google stuff is open source. Uh, so that's kind of cool. I'm really curious to see where this goes. So, should be pretty neat stuff. Definitely. So moving on to our next article. This is actually just from CBS News. Um, we've talked in the past about the Impossible Burger and the Impossible Burger Two on this show. Well, Burger King, uh, Burger King must listen to our show because I mean that's the only logical re- logical uh, uh, conclusion, right? Because we're the only ones talking about the impossible Impossible Burger, uh, they're trying out the Impossible Burger in their Whopper, their famous Whopper, uh, in 59 restaurants in the St. Louis metropolitan area, which is kind of cool. This is just like sort of a test case, see if people like it, uh, see how well it sells and whatnot. For them to do this with the Whopper says something, right? They didn't just say like, "This is a burger made from the Impossible Burger, and we're going to try it out." To put it in the Whopper, I mean, the Whopper is synonymous with Burger King, right? For them to possibly sully the name of the Whopper means they must have some faith in this product, right? Definitely, definitely. So yep, you may not get the free, you know, Impossible Whopper with your receipt survey, but you know they're invested enough to brand it as a Whopper. So right. I would assume, right? Yeah. So I mean, this is this is if I understand correctly, it's the original Impossible Burger. Um, <laughs> It's it's uh, it wasn't in this article, but it's it's in another one. Um, it, it's it's all uh, soy based. Yeah. Um, so so you know it's great for uh, not not having to harvest cows and better for the environment, etc. And horrible for uh, basically horrible <laughs> for women in general and horrible for and people anyone who, who has yeah. yeah anyone who has breast cancer and but I mean it's a start. Well, I mean, soy isn't exactly uncommon uh, as a food no, it's not in, in our country, right? Or no, in, it's not like most countries, it's, really, right? It's, it's it's quite simply, it's it's damn near impossible to not get soy in your diet, right? Because it's in everything these days, right? So while um, soy may not be great for you, uh, a Whopper is not great for you either. <laughs> well, true, but I a mean, Whopper Whoppers don't cause cancer. I, 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 see, are you sure? Flame <laughs> broiled, so there's carbon. Carbon is carcinogen. Uh, yeah, you just don't know. You just don't know. So yeah, maybe uh, at a Burger King near you someday, or if you live near St. Louis, you can try out an Impossible uh, Whopper. Just uh, try to avoid it if you are at risk for breast cancer. Is that the message we need to send? <laughs> No, it's 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 an alternative. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To each his own. All right. Indeed. Next on the list. Oh, this one, Chrome. Right. So ZDNet reports that Google Chrome engineers want to block some HTTP file downloads. Now, this is just another case of Chrome trying to do what it thinks is right for the internet. Um. I can't say that I disagree with some of the stances that Google or other browsers or even Mozilla have taken to try to protect users from things. 
Um, I do wonder where the line is, though. So in this case, um, this article implies, and none of this is written in stone, uh, this article suggests that Chrome is considering, um, if you're on a web page that is that has mixed content, right? And I don't mean mixed content like some of it's offensive and some of it's not. I mean mixed content like some of it is HTTP and some of it is HTTPS. Or the page is HTTPS, but there's links that are HTTP, right? So sometimes your browser will throw up a warning for stuff like that, saying that parts of this page are insecure, right? This happens commonly with LinkedIn content like images and links to external pages and whatnot that maybe aren't SSL secure, right? Because there's still probably a good portion of the internet that does not employ encryption on their websites, even though browsers are making that uh, less and less convenient for website operators. iframe, 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 iframe. iframe. Oh, right. <laughs> So anyway, um, <coughs> they're suggesting that uh, if on a mixed-mode web page, one of those mixed links, that is, your page is HTTPS, but the URL that you're linking to a file is HTTP, they may start blocking that. Now, I'm not sure if I fully understand the attack vector here, you know, as to why that's necessarily terrible. Like, downloading a file over HTTP versus downloading a file over HTTPS doesn't seem that inherently less secure to me you can, it's injection attacks you can you can inject the trap you can see the traffic coming through and okay. replace data on the fly okay so, man so we're protecting people against man in the middle which generally requires yep. quite a bit of persistence in order to in order to uh, execute shut up and trust google shut up and trust google don't get me wrong. Anything that makes things more secure is is a benefit, right? So, so I mean, the argument against something like this is that um, when you're downloading larger files, um, that there's a cost to doing HTTPS. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Especially when you and, uh, go ahead. Yeah, especially like larger scale, and and it, it, people don't want to do that. And we don't um, we don't mean monetary cost directly like the cost of the certificate because obviously you can get searched for free now. We mean like CPU cost, right? right which turns into mon which turns into monetary right? Cost. Which yeah, turns yeah. into monetary cost. I don't. I mean, there's no like direct yeah. like it costs you money to run HTTPS because that's not necessarily true anymore. It costs you in resources, which indirectly costs you money. Right. So there's. I mean, yes. So you can get you can get certs up the wazoo now. It costs you nothing. It's it's incredibly simple. I have scripts to do it for me. I don't even bother with it anymore. Yep. Um, there's an arg. There is an argument, and I don't know that it's a bad argument that not everything has to be HTTPS. If you have a website that's just informational that has no real like, if somebody's going to attack that. Uh, they have, you know, probably have issues of some other sort because it's not it's not like you're going to steal data that way or or whatever. Um, why waste why waste the time with HTTPS? I mean, HTTP is fine. And when you're dealing with things like zips and and exes and and whatnot, and you're downloading them, again, depending on where you're getting it from, um, chances are attackers don't care because man in the middle in that case is not trivial right so so but chrome wants to secure all the things and I, i'm not 
not a hundred percent against securing yeah. all the things. I yeah, that's think, I think that I think that that, and I'm seeing this with Firefox now as well, which is which is frustrating and annoying. But going to a website that has that doesn't so Firefox is pretty good with non-HTTPS stuff. But if you go to a website that has a bad cert, the ridiculous messages you get now, it you know it, it basically a, a a non technical person will look at that and say, oh my god, my computer's been hacked. Yep. Yeah, they are getting worse. They're getting more in your face about certs that aren't signed, certs that are self-signed, or certs that are expired. And it's not necessarily right. a bad thing for the average end user, but for technical people like us, it really is just getting more and more annoying. <laughs> the number of times not, the number of times I log into uh, self-hosted things that have a self-signed cert on them because it really does not matter if I've put a put a signed cert on the thing or not. Because I'm not doing transactions, I'm not, you know, it's it's a personal thing that I'm just like, you know, like a management backend or whatever. Um, Chrome and Firefox both make that very difficult now. Yes, yeah, and it's 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 annoying, and 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 like I said, people who don't know what those errors are, I've seen people freak out. Like I've gotten calls on like, oh my god, my computer's been infected. What do I do? Right, they do and look. It turns very out scary. like, oh, the cert's expired or. Or, and this drives me up a wall, cannot stand sites that do this, but if you have like www.domain.com, please get a, a SAN on your cert so that you can secure both www and just domain.com. They go to the same place. Well, they don't have to. They could. 95% of the time they go to the same place. Right, but it's a choice, right? You, you, you don't have to resolve Understood. them that way. And if you don't want, if you don't want a cert for both of them, put a proper redirect in. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yep. Another way to find it. But be concise. So, okay. so Google is doing this to or planning on doing this to Chrome um, and announced it on the uh, W3C list. Um, yeah. Oh, so it is more is in stone. World, World Wide Web Consortium list, yeah. um, and yeah. it looks like uh, Firefox or Mozilla is going to follow suit as well. Yeah, uh, I'm not surprised. Now, that said, it's it's they're looking at exploring the ideas further. They haven't said yes, we're going to block that. Um, I find that Firefox takes a more conservative approach to this uh, in general with a lot of these things. Firefox and has in general taken a more user-based focus yeah. for a lot of the, the things that right. they, that they do, uh, whether it's to help protect you, protect your privacy or improve your overall experience on the web, which is one of the reasons I prefer Firefox over every other browser on the planet at this point. And the new browser fledge or Microsoft's new edge, that'll just be dictated by what Google does. Yeah. Cause it's based on, it's based on uh, WebKit, right? No. <laughs> well, they're, they're talking about using uh, Google's uh, source code for their next browser. Yeah, I forget. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> you know, just assume whatever Google does, Microsoft will do. Well, how, not how does Google feel about that? That's <laughs> <laughs> great. Yeah, they, they gives them more, um, uh, what's the term? Uh, we have more people using your software. More it gives them market high share. Yes. Yeah, built, on, built on Chromium. 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 Yes, which yeah. are you? <laughs> I feel the same way as that. Uh, and it is launched. It launched yesterday. Oh, good. Oh, 
Uh, recently, it just right, it just it just launched right, recently. Right along with that Google Cloud Platform thing, Athos or whatever it was. Yeah, <laughs> yesterday it came out yesterday. Oh, good. So good, good. All right, so yeah, HTTP file links may be harder to click uh, in Chrome coming soon to a browser near you. Yeehaw. Next, uh, scientists have found the eye of Sauron in outer space. Yes. This is from The Guardian. It's in the, uh, the Messi Messier or Messier gal- 87 galaxy. Yeah. Um, at the time of writing, uh, it was 55 million light years from Earth. Um, that, that has been updated. It's now 54 and a half million light years from Earth. Oh, oh, good. I'm glad it's a little closer. Yeah. But keep, yeah, in mind, keep in mind, we may not actually be seeing its current state. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, Indeed. The, the black hole is sucking everything towards it, so it'll be in our backyards in no time. Yeah, right. Yes. right. It's already an impending doom, and we have no idea. Oh, wow, look, we found a black hole. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, oh, my God, my face is stretching. Sorry. So, yeah, what we really mean is that uh, uh, scientists have finally gotten a picture of a black hole, which looks a whole lot like the eye of Sauron. Tolkien had it right. <laughs> so yeah i mean by looking like the eye of sauron i mean it's an orange blur in space with a black dot in the center <laughs> yep that's all the all the light being sucked into the dark center of it yeah yes um, uh, the sun doesn't shine there huh. it was because the sun doesn't shine there it was that's terrible sh- 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 uh eight a uh, network of eight radio telescopes that took the picture that they were able to to piece together that's pretty cool so Dustin I I don't know what you have done but your audio has gone from like the acceptable rate that it was before the show to like garbage garbage (laughs) just garbage garbage. have you put a garbage bag over your head perhaps Uh, I'm actually testing a new virtual garbage bag container okay okay And the, the degradation is when uh, Anthos or whatever it is moves it from oh, cloud hosting okay. provider to cloud hosting provider. Okay, so like, oh, so so what happened is he was migrated from AWS to Azure, and now it's crap. Oh, I have no control. It's automatic. It's automated. No. Pay the bill and all the things go away. <laughs> so I think I think what's actually happening is he's he's attempting to lower the background noise due to small children yeah. and constantly going in and out of being uh, muted. Yeah. And it's taking the software a moment to recalibrate his voice every time he starts talking. So he sounds a little goofy. So so you could compare that to playing uh, Jim Carrey in Ace Ventura when he's testing the soundproofing of the door on the balcony. Oh, God. <laughs> That's not one of the movies on the list tonight. No, but... it isn't. <laughs> So, I mean, if you could just put some duct tape over your child's mouth, it would solve our audio problems. No, Wait, he bites. maybe you shouldn't do that. Maybe I shouldn't. Hang on. I have to mark down the time code so I can edit that back out of the show. The FCC. <laughs> or, yeah, FCC. Okay. Anyways. Moving on from so, the Eye of so Sauron was- to Big Brother. Yeah, we sort of fell into a black hole there, didn't we? We did. Uh, we did. Big Brother. Which one's Big Brother? Big Brother is Apple Music is censoring songs in China, referencing so which the nineteen eighty nine Tian Tiananmen Tian Tiananmen Square Tiananmen Square massacre and democracy. 
because democracy okay. is bad. All right, so so I have a problem with this already because you, you're saying it like you don't know what Tiananmen Square is. I just don't know how to pronounce it. Okay. So at any rate, um, I'm not that horrible. I, I may not be a history buff, but I've at le- I at least know. <laughs> so anyway, um, Apple does a lot of dealings in China. They sell products in China. They build stuff in China, like a lot of technology companies do. And in order to continue playing ball in China, uh, the Chinese government has apparently asked them to censor the music in which they are releasing to their folk, to their citizens in China via iTunes. Uh, and mainly the stuff they're censoring is sort of atrocities from the past, uh, pro-democracy uh, protests or pro-democracy speech or whatever, uh, and extremely politically sensitive topics. So, you know, what this this the, the 30th anniversary of uh, Tiananmen Square is coming up in June. I wonder yep. if we can get a nice movement going on the Internet that for the month of June, as many websites as possible, put up details about Tiananmen Square. Good idea. I'm game. <laughs> Interesting. I'm, I'm only I'm only half kidding. Um, yeah, well, I mean, for the I amount mean, of... They can't block everything, can they? For the amount of effort that it would take to do that, um, I, I would certainly I Twitter. Game. This is easy. However, my my particular website probably doesn't get enough traffic to make a difference, so we're going to have to get some backing here. Oh, all right. China, China, <laughs> China, China. Sounds like fun. China. What are you... Man. His... Uh, what is that, <laughs> Dustin? We missed you. Yeah, <laughs> it, it sounds like it sounds like a remix of uh, a certain orange-faced uh, human with yeah. crappy hair. Oh, geez. It is. It is very good, sir. You get the gold star. Congratulations! Oh, you get a gold star. I get a gold star, and you don't. You're jealous. Congratulations. So, at any rate, the point of the article is that Apple is bending to the Chinese government's will because they want to keep doing business in China. And uh, before the show, we had um, some insights from you, Jason, regarding this. Do, do, do you care to try to paraphrase or, or recite uh, what you were saying earlier about having to do business in China? So, all right. So, Apple Apple does a ton of business in China because, uh, well, that's where they're a lot of their hardware is is manufactured. Um, Apple is not the only company or even the largest company that does that in China. Um, Pretty much everybody that needs hardware built it in China. So um, when something like this happened uh, and, and, you know, companies are, you know, censoring because China is asking them to, there's a lot of jumping up and down um, about human rights and we shouldn't be listening to them and blah, 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 blah. I don't disagree with that, um, but I also don't think it's particularly effective because China doesn't care, um, and they've proven this over and over again. So uh, Twitter doesn't play by the rules that they want. They made their own Twitter. They've made their own Google. They've made, I think they've made their own Facebook at this point. They just built their own stuff. They have their own Amazon. Um, so if a company decides not to go to China for whatever, um, and, and sort of refuses to play by their rules, China just builds it. And then they have their own. And uh, if you look at those sites that that China has built as a result of this, they're actually more lucrative than some of the uh, companies from around the world that they're replacing. So I don't know what the answer is, but I know that 
merely making a stand like that is virtually ineffective. Yeah, make a stand, um, get yourself banned from China, and then China has the resources to just make their own. And maybe right. and that's, maybe even make that's it better. Not, that's not to say that give up because it's just not going to get any better, but yeah. I, I want to say there's, there's got to be a better way to do it. Um, I don't know what it is, but there's got to be a better way. Um, and somebody out there has to come up with it. Um, you know, maybe maybe Apple censors this, but because they're in the country, they're able to you know put more data out there um, in a, a, a more subtle way. You know, maybe maybe things change because they started with censorship and they slowly you know fought against it over time. Yeah, I mean, all, all of the Apple employees in China will drop brushed aluminum USB keys all over the country. Aha! Well, hey, it worked in North Korea. <laughs> oh, no, wait. <sighs> Good right. old LimeWire can, can stand <clears throat> up again. Get that Guntella network started. Make your own. What did you just call it? The Gun- <laughs> Guntella? <laughs> yes, absolute failure there. Wasn't it? I was, I was seeing it, the letters in my mind. I'm like, ah, we'll go with it. Wasn't it pronounced Gnutella or Nutella? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> it depends yes. on how yes. you like to pronounce the G in GNU products. <laughs> G- 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 Clarification. Uh, anyway, fail. Moving along to what is this one? Yahoo tries again to sell a lawsuit over a massive data breach. So I think they're referring to this data breach that we talked about, what is it, two years ago now? We may have even talked about it multiple times. We probably, oh, wait, the 2013 <laughs> yeah, breach, 2013. Yeah. Yahoo was hit by multiple data breaches from 2013 to 2016. The 2013 breach affected every single customer account that existed at the time, which totaled 3 billion Yahoo previously said names email addresses and passwords blah 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 okay you, you've heard all this before well they're apparently trying to settle this for where was it 117.5 million so uh do the math guys 3 billion 117.5 million divided by 3 billion Jason figured this How many out before zeros the show. Are bad again? That comes out to four cents per email address. <laughs> right now, I mean that's yeah, it's four cents per email now. But it's not it's like a, every every breached user is getting four cents. No, no, it's it's a class action lawsuit, so it's going to be you know a fraction of that people, but still, yeah. Um, this is this is this is Yahoo trying to here's get your, out of here's your seven money for this. Here's your seven dollars. Or whatever, right? As most class action lawsuits go. What what makes it what makes it pretty comical is Verizon just like <laughs> totally got boned on the deal. Oh yeah, yeah. This came out like right <laughs> after their their they purchased it, right? Yep, 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 yep. And it was it was it was uh, uh, the information and the details were not present before uh, Verizon acquired Yahoo. They were still right. investigating and didn't have a conclusive answer to what the damages really were. Uh huh. And they did it anyway. Yep. Uh, so yeah, good old Yahoo. If you had a Yahoo account, please, uh, if you use that password anywhere, go change it. <laughs> if you haven't already, go change it. <laughs> and maybe you're re- maybe you'll be entitled to four cents in the class action lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. What a mess. All right, and one more. We have a lot of news for tonight, but we've gone through it in like record time at this point, I think. What are we at now? I know. 
How horrible of us. Now we're at 40 minutes, and about 10 of that was, or 15 of that was before we started recording, so before we started, before we went live. So, Wired, Jason, you linked this. Did, did any of us really get a good chance to read this? Because it really deserves some dissection, and I don't know that we, we we're going to give it nearly enough mental space. Uh, Wired reports, reports that uh, Kaspersky has found this interesting piece of malware... Uh, running on just one network. Now, I, I read this before the show. Where is it? It's uh, uh, Taj it's Mahal. Asian, yeah, it's, it, yeah the, the, the name of the malware is Taj Mahal. And it's running on uh, an Asian country's, a Central Asian country's uh, Embassy. network. Yeah. Embassy network, yeah. Kaspersky says it first detected the Taj Mahal spyware framework last fall on only a single victim's network, the embassy of a Central Asian country whose nationality and location... Kaspersky declines to name. And no surprise, it's uh, <clears throat> Windows-based, and it's using PowerShell. Surprise, surprise. As Malware on Windows? Powers. Never. Uh, yeah, it's so, interesting. It says, it says the embassy of a Central Asian country, but it doesn't say where the embassy is. Like, I, I get you're not saying what country it is. Exactly. But they're also not saying what em- what country that embassy is in. Right. Right. They're they're saying they're they're not saying the country the embassy represents, they're not saying where the embassy is. I mean, that's the whole point. They're trying to be vague right. because they don't want to yep. release information yet. But um Yeah, so uh Jason, did you get a chance to read over this or were were we too busy uh chatting before the show? Uh, a little of both. How much um, how much so in depth did you get? This thing is apparently huge. There's uh eighty different modules in it that do various different things. Um Make sure you touch uh, on some of those modules. They're pretty interesting. Some really unusual stuff. Uh, yeah, well, so <clears throat> you see, Dustin, you may be unfamiliar with how this show works, but you are what's called a co-host, which means you can touch on the modules. Well, it's his article, though. I don't want to take all of it. <laughs> Dustin, touch the modules. <laughs> oh, yes. Hey, remember, you never touch another man's modules. It's just like the dongles, all right? Just, Everybody has dongles like, for their computers these days. You know, and there we go. Dongles. <laughs> ah, goodbye. Um, so they they uh, they said this is a a rather large undertaking to develop something this large this big. Um, yeah. And it, they're relatively convinced this is a a nation state or state sponsored uh, intel hmm. operation. Well, of course it is. Who else would attack the like embassy? Else. Like five years ago, ten years ago now. Hmm. You talking about so it, it it does <laughs> yes. all sorts of crap. Um, so it automatically scans USB drives and reports the uh, uh, the contents to a command and control server so that they can decide if they want to exfiltrate any of it. Um, it automatically monitors. So if if they decide they want some of those files, it looks for that USB drive again, and when it sees it, then it downloads the file and sends it to them. Um, uh, it does all sorts of stuff with like CDs and printer cues, um, burning CDs. How cool yep. is that? It, like it is, it is, it is quite in depth. Oh, this is back, o- back orifice all over again. Yep. Can, yeah, can but, it eject uh, the CD tray? But but it sounds like it's stable. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it uh, it has it has apparently been on these systems since 2014. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, um, I, so, I, I I did want to mention that that we 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 made a point to call out that it was on they've only found it on a single network, uh, but they do mention in the article um, 
But given the software's sophistication, uh, Shulman says, I guess Shulman is the employee of uh, Kaspersky who discovered this, says that Taj Mahal has likely been deployed elsewhere. It seems highly unlikely that such a huge investment would be undertaken for only one victim. So uh, no one's suggesting that this was a targeted attack or anything. This is just the first place they found it. Anyway, continue. You were mid-sentence, I think. Or about to say something. Uh, I'm now just I threw you off. It's been there for yep. It's been there for for over five years, um, and that that that's sort of the the big mystery is this thing has been there for five years. Nobody's noticed it. Um, how has it flown under the radar? Yeah, right. And why is it only on one network? I mean, this you know the one thing that they mentioned um, is this is a rather large piece of malware, um, very very sophisticated, complex and sophisticated. To only yep. target one network. It's got to yeah. be out there somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. They say this suggests that there's either further further victims not yet not yet identified, or additional versions of this malware in the wild, or possibly both. So, I mean, right. if it's been hanging out here for five years and no one noticed it, um, either the folks administering this network weren't looking, which is possible. Who needs I mean, patching? Well, no, it's not just patching. I mean, this, I, I know. This, this could be this could be something that somehow eluded that as well, some kind of sure. zero day or whatever that was unpatched. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really easy to say, "Oh, how could you not see it for five years?" Um, but working for an IT organization that is understaffed, as I do, I can say that it's not unlikely that it's probable they just absolutely. don't have. They're just not looking. Right, they just—they don't know. They didn't know it was there because they weren't looking for it, and now they're looking. Um, or it could be that it's really sophisticated and it really hides itself well. And if it does really hide itself well, it could be lots of places and no one knows where to find it yet. And now it's that people part. are starting to detect it, they can say, "This is how you find this thing. Go look for it." And maybe that we'll have a bunch pop up. Who knows, right? So. New nasty malware called Taj Mahal. I wonder how they named this stuff. Uh, they said that this one was named after... I think it was after one of the... Uh, named for a file the spyware uses to move stolen data off a victim's machine. There's a file called Taj Mahal. I guess. Okay. Put it in the Taj Mahal. I don't know. <laughs> Put it in the Taj Mahal. We'll exfiltrate it later. Yep. <laughs> Sounds good. Hey, why not? All right. Well, that's the end of the news, right? Did we cover it all? I think we covered it all. Yes, it's all covered. Anybody hungry for a fake burger? Smothered mm -hmm. and covered burgers. <laughs> all right. Off we go. So that was fun. I don't, know, I don't know what we have for announcements. Um, oh, we got a few more subscribers on YouTube. That's cool. Woohoo! It's almost like people like our show. That's cool. I know, isn't it? Hopefully we don't lose the subscribers now that I'm back on an episode. Maybe it was, you know, trending upwards. Oh, crap. We just lost one. Ah. <laughs> oh, wait. I closed the tab. Hold on. No. <laughs> yeah. So that's about it. I don't know what else we got. Oh, I know what I can talk about. Uh, so it looks like, and I haven't even told you guys this yet. Uh, first of all, um, I wanted to mention that I'm going to be at Red Hat Summit, uh, 
Jason, you knew that because I chatted with you about it. But uh, nice, Dustin. I don't know That's if I've, awesome. I don't know if I've even seen you since I found out like the dates for Summit, let alone that I was going. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, so okay. yeah. Uh, through a group that I'm in called the Red Hat Accelerators, uh, I managed to get a ticket, and uh, Red Hat sort of likes this group, so we're getting kind of a certain level of special access, which is pretty cool. Um, I don't want to like brag <laughs> or anything. I just thought, I just kind of fell into this. It's pretty cool. Uh, the Red Hat Accelerators are also going to be part of a um, a panel. At Summit, and uh, there were five of there were five accelerators that were going to be on it. One of them had to drop off, drop out, and it looks like they're going to be rotating me in. So not only am I going to be at nice. Summit, I'm going to be speaking on a panel. Should be pretty cool. Wow, that's uh, pretty cool. You the, know what the panel is yet? The name of the panel is something like "Winning with Rel: um, Experiences from Our Most Enthusiastic Customers" or something like that. Oh, you you would probably be able to add a lot to that. You have a lot of background with exactly. Rel. I mean, I've been running Rel for like. I don't know, 20 years? <laughs> you old man. Yeah, right, right. I mean, I started tinkering with Red Hat Linux before RHEL existed uh, in the late 90s in, like, my parents' basement. So, yeah, <laughs> I've been doing this a awesome. long time. So that's cool stuff. If you're going to Red Hat Summit, um, let me know, and maybe we can catch up, have a drink or something. So. Reach out to Nate. Yeah, reach out to and Nate. And make a date. I think that's about it. You have any B-sides related stuff or is it still too early for that? Uh, still a little too early. Um, I mean, B-sides will be, uh, I think, uh, either sometime in October or November. I don't know if we have dates yet. Um, so I'll be there uh, again. And then uh, uh, I hope to be too. next year's Whopper Summit. Um, so that'll be in end of March, I think is what they're targeting. Um, but I'm not that's not in stone yet. So, so I've been doing that as well. Cool. And then, uh, cool, cool. Know, next con that I know I'm going to is DerbyCon. Um, yeah. See if anything else pops up. Yeah. DerbyCon call for papers, I think, is open. <clears throat> I don't know when it opened, but I just happened to be looking today and it looked like it's open. I was thinking about submitting my uh, So You Want to Start a Podcast talk to DerbyCon. I don't know if it'll get accepted, but maybe I'll luck out. Um, we've also got the Hack Your Derby that we'll submit as soon as Call for Workshops is open, which did not seem to be open. That's what I was looking for when I went to their site. Um, otherwise, that's it. We've already mentioned that it's going to be the last DerbyCon, which I'm still kind of sad about. But, you know. Yeah. Everything comes to an end. Oh, they've named it. It's called uh, Finish Line. DerbyCon 9.0, Finish Line. Interesting. Not the country. Hmm. Not like the Finland line. <laughs> it's a finish. Finish line. <laughs> anyway, geography challenged. Right. Um, if there's no other announcements, I'll get into reviews. We've got a couple. Well, we've really got one. Um, and it came from our Slack channel. So, folks, if you're not in our Slack workspace, you can go join it. Ironsysadmin.com slash Slack will get you there. Um, First of all, we've got a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, which is pretty cool. I just happened to notice that today. Nice. Uh, but we've only got nine reviews, so, you know, good or bad. We've got nine people that felt well, we were worth five stars. You, you have you have eight. One of them's me, isn't it, still? Yeah, one I'm of them is you. Longer. One of them's you. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's still yeah. a review, okay? Uh, the rest <laughs> of them, I think, are actually legitimate listeners, and you were a listener and it does when count you wrote because, it. Exactly, exactly. I was um, a listener before I joined, so... 
So okay. yeah. Yep. Um, and as much as we like to keep uh, the five star rating because you know that makes us look really good, we'd also like feedback. So if uh, w- if you have feedback for us and you want to leave it in the form of an iTunes review, uh, I do check them periodically to see what's going on on iTunes and so that I can update you know how we're doing and uh, update you guys on the show while I'm doing it. Um, even if you're not going to give us five stars, while we would love a five star review. If you think we're not doing a great job, tell us about it and give us a rating appropriate to what you think we're doing. And we'd love to hear it and give us feedback and let us know how we can improve. So that's the only way we get better. And I mentioned Slack. Uh, We got a new member in Slack uh, this week or last week. His name's Michael N. And uh, he just basically says, uh, hey, guys, I just wanted to stop by and say, hey, As a new sysadmin, I've been enjoying the podcast and learning a lot. I just finished the latest episode on my commute this morning and especially like the overview of the differences between Ansible and Puppet. Keep up the good work. So thank you, Michael, for the feedback. Pretty helpful. And I I got a couple other uh, uh, just basically messages from folks, like not necessarily feedback, but just people I know that said that they appreciated that that topic, and it was a listener-suggested topic, so uh, I think that worked out pretty well. So, if anybody has any other suggestions for topics you'd like us to cover, then feel free. Let us know through Slack or Twitter or, I don't know, send us a carrier pigeon. I really want to see how that works. I- I've never actually witnessed a carrier pigeon, so if somebody wants to send me a carrier pigeon, uh, get in touch with me, and I'll, t- I'll give you whatever you need, you know, GPS coordinates or whatever. I don't know how carrier pigeons track, but send one to me. I want to see it happen. Don't give them any coconuts, okay? No coconuts? African or your those are those are swallows. They're African swallows. Those are swallows, not not carrier pigeons. Um yeah. So yeah, cool. Feedback. Feedback is great. And that's it for reviews. Um you guys got anything fun going on that we can chat about before uh, we get into the main topic? Dustin, you haven't been on the show in forever. There must be something that has occurred in your life in the past year since you've been on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, outside of, uh, you know, my my son, which we've mentioned before, uh, I have been working on something that's kind of been um, under under the wrap for a while. There's a group I'm starting up up in my area called Tech 570. uh, And it's meant Ah. to be like a unbiased uh, education networking and you know, a couple other ideas that'll come out of it to kind of bring resources into the area that we don't normally have access to. I've got a lot of uh, sounding uh, <clears throat> positive feedback from different companies and vendors that want to help, uh, you know, contribute to it, whether it be helping teach something that is more about a topic, not just a brand, um, you know, sponsoring events, helping pay for stuff. So it, it seems like there's a lot of traction. Um, I finally have the time to do a little bit with it. So we'll, we'll see if it happens. Cool. Well, uh, cool. when you have dates or whatever nailed down, um, if, oh, I yeah. can, if I can make it up, I'll come up for uh, a meetup or two, if, if that's what the format you're going for. Yep. I, I would love to have you. And if you ever want to uh, present something, by all means. And we'll also be happy to uh, announce it on the show when you have something formalized. Cool. So if you've got like a meetup link or just a website or Absolutely. whatever, Twitter yep. account, whatever, I have it all. let us... Oh, you do? I've had it for a year. Yeah, I've had it for a year. <laughs> you've been planning this for a while. Okay, so is it solidified enough that... For... Is it solidified enough that you have a date, or you don't have that yet? Uh, it's going to be most likely the first week of May. I'm thinking that Wednesday. Um, I don't have it nailed down yet. I'm working with the venue, but I'm, I'm hoping May 8th. Cool. Well, um, if you yeah. have something you can share now, throw it in the show notes, and I'll include it with okay. this show. 
If not, then when you have it, share it with me or with Jason or whatever, and we'll get it on the show. Sounds good. Rock on. Cool. Yeah. We like to, I like to support that kind of thing just because uh, DEF CON 610 has been really beneficial for me, uh, just mm-hmm. in a networking and friends perspective. Um, and I think it's really valuable. Um I've Absolutely, a, I've got a coworker. I, I wish I wish I could make it to them because it's it's been the, the oh last, yeah, but I mean you've the got last like a, I went to was like a year ago. You've got like or, a two hour drive or something, don't you, to get here? Yeah, it's a bit of a drive. Yeah, that's the so only I, reason I why I haven't made it. I don't blame you, and I mean no offense, but if you've got a, a monthly meetup, I probably won't make every one of them either. So that's okay. Yeah, no, <laughs> I that's mean fine. I've got I, I just wanted something like like that wasn't so much like um you know specific to to one thing because like you know we, we, you you and Jason and I have been all over for you know different uh, yeah. conferences and yeah. in uh, different areas where you have your your education seminars and just exposure networking and it's 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 powerful but not everybody gets that opportunity and that's kind of like what what I want to try to do with it here but like I said we'll see yeah yeah so uh, I my, hope it doesn't fail <laughs> my my coworker who's running the Lehigh Valley AWS group uh, they're also meeting tonight uh, and that's the reason I never get to make it to his meetup one because I've only got Figures. so much time in a given month and I I try to make yep. it to DefCon six when I was in some part of the part of the leadership. Um, so it's hard to make several meetups in a month just because of, you know, family obligations and all that stuff. Um, but, sure. uh, so yeah, if, if I can't make it to his frequently, I probably won't make yours frequently either, but I would love to make it up for one or two. So yeah. Cool. Well, thank you. All right, Jason, anything cool? Uh, not really. Um, I'm starting. Uh, I'm starting to put together a blog series on on uh, infrastructure and architecture, just sort of kind That's of cool. a uh, uh, say you wanted to play an app, how do you go about doing so type thing. And we'll, oh, that's we'll see cool. Where that goes. Yeah. Well, so I, I could see first... you really getting like detailed with that too. Not even just talking about like the app itself, but you know, going full stack. Yeah, the, the app is the app is largely irrelevant um, in what I'm trying to do. But yeah, you're, um, you're so talking about post... how to get the infrastructure together, right? Yeah, mm. yeah. Had to had to decide on on what to do and pros and cons, etc. Um, so the first post is up there. Um, it's just sort of an introductory thing, and and I'll be working on the next posts over, you know, over the future. Cool. So, so we'll see how that goes. Cool, Jay. If you've got a link to that, throw it in the show notes. You. Yeah. Uh, sure. I'm just trying to make some stubs here in the show notes for those things. And I don't know. Now, now we're. Uh, this is the problem with collaborative documents. We're trampling each other. Okay. Uh, I don't Google know what I've, baby. I don't know what I've got going on. Uh, I've been busy. Like kids are in soccer and softball, and like that's all kicking up. I don't know. Yeah. That, uh, other than the announcement about Summit, I don't think I've got anything cool going on the past two weeks. <laughs> well, you, you 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 made mention that my shelves are missing, so yes, um, your that's shelves, also going on. Your the wall has reappeared. The pink yeah, wall yeah. has has returned. Yeah. So all the all the shelves are in the garage, ready to get uh, finished. So they'll be they'll oh, be back good. up in a couple weeks. We've we've been railing on you for the past several weeks about that, and now you're finally doing it. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It got warm. So I got all the wood into the garage. Then it got then cold it got again cold today. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I love it. I'm, I'm, excuse me. I'm trying a new beer tonight, which is like this collaboration between Carvel, the people who make ice cream cakes, and Captain Lawrence Brewing Company. Uh, 
Anybody who's watching on YouTube can see the can right now. I don't know. It doesn't taste anything like a Carvel ice cream cake. So I don't really know what the goal was here. It's not bad, though. It's just a, a very uh, bitey stout. It's supposed, to be like, it's supposed to be like a chocolate stout. I don't really taste any chocolate in it. Hmm. Well, once you've once you've had Rogue's double chocolate stout, you really can't. Exactly. <laughs> or no. Yeah, no. you're spoiled. <laughs> Rogue's is good. Um Young's double chocolate stout is better. Uh what was the one I had? Sam Smith's organic chocolate stout is Ooh. a freaking that, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will <laughs> say I've never had good. it. That yeah. is good stuff. That Sam is Smith, stuff. is that what you said? Sam yep. Smith's. Mm. I can't do find they also it in my local stout too. Is that they the do. Same guys? They do. They okay. make an oatmeal stout as well, um, and I think a milk stout, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong milk on that. Milk good. But uh, my unfortunately, my local um, uh, beer distributor does not get Sam Smiths in, at least not regularly. So I haven't been able to buy. I would love to just buy a case of this stuff, even though it would probably be ridiculously expensive because just getting a, a glass of it at at our local pub was expensive. But um, it's, it was good good i mean i would i would pay 50 bucks for for a case of this maybe more <laughs> it was good it was good the uh the young's double chocolate is like a 60 dollar case too so and i would happily pay that as well yeah well i mean they last so yeah they right do. i, I don't sure. drink them like like folks drink bud light i drink one an evening because they taste good not because i'm trying to drown my sorrows about my failed life <laughs> Well, I mean, you need to drink an entire case to feel any light. So exactly, exactly. Yeah. So very, get, get very well water. hydrated by the end of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get, I get more of a buzz on water. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Water and deep breath. <laughs> right. So I guess we can move along to the main topic. Anybody else got anything cool? No. All right then. No, no. Push the button. Server twenty nineteen. Push it. Cool. Push the button. No. You, he spoke fired. about server twenty nineteen. Uh, should I go back to playing the uh, the '90s hip hop that we were playing before the show? No, no, no. Did we get sued for that? We probably would. <laughs> what is it? Fifteen seconds is fair use. <laughs> I don't know. YouTube, YouTube would probably put a DMCA request on it immediately. Oh, the show they wouldn't be up demonetized. They would. We're not monetized anyway, Dustin. Yeah, but they don't know that. We don't have nearly enough subscribers for that. So, folks, go subscribe to our YouTube channel so we can get paid <laughs> pennies per purview. <laughs> right, Penny. so we can get monetized so that we could then play some music so get we can get demonetized and get demonetized. Yes, that's exactly and then have a video need. about being demonetized and then that, you know, it and, then that, yep. and then that goes viral and then, yep, yep. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I mean, I could go on and on about how unfair YouTube is as a platform just from one of my other endeavors, but I won't because it's unrelated. <laughs> So, tonight's topic, all right, so, uh, two weeks ago, maybe, uh, I listened to an episode of Darknet Diaries, and I, I should have wrote down the episode. Uh, I think it was the most recent one. One of you that, that follows- About the ATMs? Yes, I think it was the one about, yes, it was the one about ATMs. Yep, that's the most recent. At, at the beginning of the episode, he's talking about the movie Hackers. And, and a few other movies that talked about hacking ATMs, right? 
and and how like that was this popular trope in uh, movies. And him, he, he didn't just reference the movies as like a link to this ATM hacking. He went on a little bit about just computer movies and hacker movies. And at first, I thought that's what the episode was going to be about, that he was going to be like reminiscing about, you know, technology movies and sort of the impact that they had on the infosec industry or the computer or IT industry. And then he didn't, you know, he went on to talk about uh, ATM hacking and whatnot, which was still cool. A really good episode. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't disappointed, yep. but uh, it, it just didn't go in the direction I thought it would. Specifically about the uh, the Carbonac uh, attack uh, or yeah. uh, what is it? Whatever, uh, the Trojan. So that's that's the ATM malware. Um, yeah. And the episode name is Carbonac. Yeah, it was, it was good stuff. Don't get me wrong. Very good. I, I highly recommend that podcast. It's fun. Uh, it's, it's great. I mean, he has interviewed, well, whatever. I don't want to go too deep into it. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll have to have some sort of a show. Maybe we'll interview him or something, have him on the show sometime. I'm sure he'd be up for that. I've heard him on other yeah. shows. Anyway, um, it gave me the idea because I've had this opinion for a, a long time that movies from the late nineties, early two thousands, computer movies sort of helped form an industry. Um, and I don't mean directly, like in some way that the, you know, some Hollywood formed movie was so accurate that it, you know, inspired people to, uh, to go be hackers or whatever. Uh, but really if you go to an information security conference like DerbyCon, I don't mean like RSA, you know, where it's mostly like corporate folks walking around in suits. I mean like an actual penetration testers, hackers conference, and ask anybody if they've seen the movie Hackers. They'll quote you half the movie, right? And um, I honestly, I, I see themes from that movie that are in real life in the infosec industry. And um, personally, that movie, along with my own, my own interest at the time, sort of helped form what I thought would be a fun career, right? Um, what, there's a scene in Hackers, um, there's many memorable scenes, I think, in that movie, but there's this one scene where it's like, uh, Dade handed over the malware, or the, the worm, right, to, uh, to Plague, right? Remember, he hands over the floppy disk, and Plague comes up on the freaking skateboard and grabs it. <laughs> and then, like, he goes immediately to meet up with his friends, and they're hanging out, at one of their apartments, hacking away at a copy of this this worm. And Dade sits down and he just like goes in the zone and he starts analyzing code and he's trying to figure out what this thing do. That's malware analysis. That is a lucrative career today. Right? Like that's exactly what that is. Um, there's lots of other stuff, like the the references to phone freaking, the the references to um, you know, calling Venezuela by pay playing some tones into a payphone. That was a thing that actually worked at one time. They, those things don't work anymore because people have figured out that uh, simply playing tones into the phone isn't a great way to secure your phone network. Um, Come on. Yeah, right, right. So anyway, I guess my... 2600, right? My, my point is that the movie Hackers sort of embodied something. It embodied a spirit to... Uh, not necessarily break the rules, but question assumptions, 
question how things are built, try to get around the barricades in front of you, and that's kind of how I have lived my own life. Not to the point where I'm borderline a criminal, but to the point where it's like, when there's a problem in front of me, I don't just assume that I can't fix it. I try. And sometimes I make it worse, and sometimes I fix it. And when I fix it, you know, it's like, wow, cool sense of accomplishment. You know, and that's that's essentially what, like, the InfoSec and even the IT industry have turned into, where it's just a series, <coughs> excuse me, a series of problems that you have to solve. And I think that's what I like about this industry. Um, so I'm going on a bit. The whole point of this is I thought we would talk about a couple other movies like Hackers. Hackers is just sort of the example um, that maybe had an impact or maybe just had an impact on us in general. Or maybe we're just trash and we like to laugh at them, right? So um, I asked each of the co-hosts to come up with a couple movies that they thought were cool or that they thought were funny or that they just like liked. And I thought we would talk a little bit about each one. So Hackers, I already went on a bit about. Uh, I really hoped, I, I do want to preface this with just one last thing. I'd really hoped to sit down and watch some of these movies before we did this episode. Um, but we just didn't get the chance. So Charles was supposed to be on the show tonight and he had a, an idea for a topic and something came up. He couldn't be on the show. So I decided to shuffle this around. We're going to do his topic next time we record. And this is the topic that we're doing now because it's the only other idea I had in the hopper, the hopper being my brain. So, um, in the mainframe, <coughs> excuse me, this stupid cough has not gone away yet. Anyway, uh, I've rambled on enough. Um, we'll just get on into it, I suppose. So, uh, Jason, you've linked. So we've also linked IMDb articles for or, uh, uh, pages for each of these movies. You can see them in the show notes. If you haven't seen any of these and you want to go watch them because uh, you've you've heard them on Iron Sysadmin, go head on over to IMDb and you can look them up. So uh, the first one, of course, was Hackers that we already talked about. Um, the uh, uh, Jason has linked in. Uh, a link to a Twitter feed here. You want to talk a little bit about that that Twitter account that you've linked? Yeah, so there's a there's a Twitter feed, uh, Crash and Burn. Um, that you're really gonna have to go to the show notes. It's I think it's Crash two underscores, like two underscores N two underscores Burn, uh, and it's basically uh, the entire uh, script for Hackers, uh, and they they sort of replay it every once in a while. Um, so so that's out there, and. Oh, look, the host got distracted. There's a bat woman. I believe his daughter yes, has joined woman. us. Yeah, it is. It is. We can talk about this all night. Um, Did the Joker run away? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh -huh. So anyway, uh, so the Twitter the Twitter handle is there. Um, and it, it basically goes through the script kind of on a loop. Um, it's a lot of fun. And uh, it pops up in my, my Twitter feed every once in a while, sort of reminding me of, 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 uh, of the movie, I guess. Um, so uh, that's fun. All right. So Hackers, first movie. Um, so Dustin, why don't you kick off one of yours? Sure, can do. Uh, so I, I immediately thought of uh, Office Space. I don't know uh, if everybody remembers Office Space. Uh, it came out in 1999 uh, about a company named Inatech, and they were rewriting bank software for the Y2K rollover for ATMs. Right. Uh, yeah, specifically <laughs> ATMs. And, uh, you know, it goes on talking about, like, uh, common uh, office life, cubicle life at, at that time. Uh, 
plenty of uh, funny, wacky people there. Uh, Milton, one of them with his stapler, etc. But the the core, sorry, I didn't mean to hit the mic. The core of that from uh, what we're talking about tonight is a virus that they write to try to, uh, you know, take a stab back at the company because of all the frustrations they have having multiple bosses, GPS cover reports. Maybe you guys look at that. Uh, <laughs> different things like that. They, they, you know, dealt with frustrations. So they came up with a virus that would deduct fractions, fractions uh, off of pennies every time a transaction uh, with their software was conducted and would move it to a foreign bank account, et cetera. They did um, this in Superman 3, didn't they? <laughs> this, is a, this is a fairly well-known trope of, of taking the rounding errors and throwing them in a, in a bank account and then, you know, eventually... You a foreign millions. bank account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty pretty funny. I mean, it's it's not all about the the virus. It does become a big part of the uh, plot, but uh, yeah, pretty funny. Um, one one of my favorites growing up, uh, just because I always found the dry humor to be really funny. And as I got older, I had a bigger appreciation for it as well. Um, yeah, when uh, <laughs> when this when this movie was big, I was working in a cubicle farm in tech support. And on weekends, when there was no supervisors around, we used to actually watch this movie at our desks, which was just like the <laughs> so... the the epitome of what this movie <laughs> represented. PC load letter. And and who doesn't want to take the uh, copier out back and shoot it? Exactly, and especially with that uh, song that's played. Uh, yeah. So pretty good. So uh, one of the movies I chose was uh, Sneakers. Um, so this goes way back to, I don't know what year this came out. Oh, uh, that's, that out. was the 80s, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so oh, no, it was actually 92. Oh, okay. <clears throat> I won't tell you my So S- Sneakers was, uh, um, the, basically, it's a, it's a team of hackers that do, uh, they seem to do like red team uh, exercises, which is, this is this is years before this has sort of become a, a big thing, um, but they're they're specialists. They 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 go around testing security systems, um, and they uh, they stumble upon a uh, a box that decrypts all the things. Now the, the premise there is a little as unbelievable as that is, right? Yeah. So I think I think it sort of fits in. I don't remember when was the um, when was the clipper chip. Uh, debacle. Um, Ninety three. Okay, so this this was sort of right before the whole clipper chip thing uh, came out, which was sort of the um, uh, the the chip that was uh, with the back door, so that they could encrypt and decrypt on on the fly, and only the government would have the keys. Um, and that's sort of what the premise of this is: is they they found a a way to decrypt all of the um, secret messages that a government was was putting out because this knew the back doors to get through the encryption um and of course there's you know there's a big story behind it and and everything else um but it's 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 fairly realistic especially given the time um and it's i mean it's a really really good story and sort of outlines um what a what a red team kind of does day to day yeah i I loved how in that movie so there's this scene and i i wish i knew the even the characters names Uh, again like i said it would have been great if we could have watched these movies before we did the show but um i remember like you know there was the 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 main guy right he goes into whatever bishop 
Bishop, that's his name? Bishop, yep. He would go in, he was like the point man. And then he'd have a team of people talking to him via a radio, I suppose. Uh, yep. And whatever Whistler he and mother and right whenever he encountered something he couldn't figure out he would ask them to look it look it up right and they had like I mean picture the 1992 version of what might be the internet today right instead of having Google they had like manuals all over the back of the van they were in and he comes across a door that has a thumbprint it was not a thumbprint reader it was a code right yep was a code, right? And he's like, how do I defeat this thing, right? And they, they spend five minutes, like, trying to figure out how do I defeat the code? What's the trick? What's the pin? What's the master key? You know, whatever. And 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 they cut out the audio of the, the radio that he's on, and he says, are you serious? You know, he had received whatever from, whatever instruction from his van, and then it clips back to him kicking the door down. <laughs> That was that's the most memorable scene I I have from that movie, but it's so realistic, right? Because it's like, uh, well, there's not a way around it, so improvise, and <laughs> he just kicks it as hard as he can, and the door opens. Right. <laughs> this is this is the uh, this is the XKCD. How do you crack a password? Exactly. Uh, exactly. You tie the guy to a chair and you hit him repeatedly hit him, with a pipe until he gives you the, the password. Crowbar until he gives you the password. Yeah. Exactly. So anyway, right, I, didn't, I didn't want to derail you, but yeah, excellent movie. I loved that movie. I, I wish I have, I'd seen it more often. I don't remember if I have it or where I saw it, but I did, I did watch it at some point, uh, a few times. Good movie. Uh, yep. swordfish is the next, uh, I should say the first one on my list. Um, so swordfish, if you haven't seen it, it's a really fun cyber thriller. Um, it's got Hugh Jackman and Halle Berry and, oh, John Travolta, right? Yeah, he's like yep. he's yeah, like, John Travolta. He's like the big baddie, um, and it's it's basically like a bunch of hackers around a, a bank heist. And the way the film is filmed, uh, the way it sort of plays in reverse—not quite reverse—but uh, the film starts at the end, and then the film is all about the movie is all about the story that got them there. Um, it's really cool. There's a lot of scenes in that that are really really feel authentic. There's a lot of like law enforcement action that feels very true to life, uh, true to you know, like very authentic-ish. Oh, what's the cop's name? The actor that plays the cop. He's another big name. I can't remember his name. Uh, allow me to check the IMDb's. It's, it's only linked right in the show notes. Uh, so yeah. anyway, uh, but yeah, uh, the- I don't know which one's the cop. Uh, so they've got uh, Don Cheadle, uh, Sam Shepard, Vinnie Jones, uh, a bunch of other people I've never heard of. I'm bad at this. Well, I can't. Hold on. Now i got to look. There you I'll probably identify it as soon as I look because I, I know exactly yeah, who I don't, I'm thinking I don't, of. I don't remember which character was the... It's been a long time since <sighs> that, I've seen this movie. That explains why I didn't know his name. It's It's Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle, yeah. He's been in a few things. He's, um, well, just go look up the IMDb. It's like some sort of famous actor or something. He was in Iron Man 2. I don't know why I didn't know his name. My brain kept going to Chris Rock. He's got a suit and everything. Yeah, but that's not him. Anyway, um, right, so there's a, scene, there's a scene in this movie where Hugh Jackman's character is um, modifying the code of a worm that he wrote, like in college or whatever, right? 
that he'd stored away somewhere. Uh, he has a criminal record, right? So he, he's not even supposed to be touching computers, right? The whole, the usual, like, you're not allowed to touch a computer in, for the next 100 years thing, right? Because you've got a criminal record. Same thing that played out in Hackers, if you remember correctly. Dade wasn't allowed to touch a computer for 10 years or something. Anyway, so he's like drug out of retirement, and, and they want him to write this virus to attack the bank that they're going to be robbing for some altruistic means. Um, <coughs> well, he's he's in this room, and he's surrounded by monitors, and there's this, like, really funky music playing, and he's drinking, and he's, like, hammering away at the keyboard, and this whole scene, the the way he's acting, the way he's, like, muttering to himself, the way he's just, like lost in thought one second and hammering on the keyboard the next, uh, the, the, the way he's talking to himself, the way he's like chanting and cheering whenever he gets stuff to, to work right, it all seemed so realistic to me because this is exactly how I've seen myself act <laughs> when I'm trying to build a complicated system or when I'm trying to write a complicated script or whatever, you know, where it's like you finally get that moment of success and you stand up and you cheer like you're a freaking football player that just, you know, won the game or whatever. So I thought that, I mean, that scene alone made me like this movie a lot. Uh, and the rest of it is, it's not too far-fetched. Uh, it's still a Hollywood tech movie, which are generally, you know, unrealistic. But anyway, there you go. Swordfish. I thought it was a fun movie. And uh, I, I also think that uh, it was at least somewhat realistic. So he's next. Uh, Dustin, did you want to go next? Right? We went Jason, then me, now Dustin. Uh, sure. Uh, we, could, we could talk about... Uh, go ahead, Jason, because I'm going to say it wrong. Ex Machina? Machina. Uh, there you go. <laughs> All right. All right. A.K.A. Ex Machina. Even Silas agrees. Uh, Silas basically, agrees. it's about this... Uh, programmer that gets flown to this uh ceo's uh fortress in the woods and it's about these uh androids that uh, have a very advanced ai that learn and also um are able to adapt to different environments and the, and the, the hacking piece of this movie is not only does uh the main character um socially engineer well i shouldn't say social engineer he gets the guy drunk and takes his uh access pass to get past physical barriers and actually yep. modify you know some of the um hvac systems and access control systems in the place outside of that uh the ai also leverages um shorting out the monitoring systems to uh cause a, a power failure yes. so supposedly don't, the video and don't ruin the, the movie recording oh Oops. <laughs> spoiler alert. There's, uh, there's, quite, spoiler alert. there's quite the turn at the end, and you'll have to watch yes. the movie to see it. I don't want to yes. ruin it for anybody, but there is quite, quite the twist at the very end of that movie, the very end. Yes. Um, yeah. Very cool movie. <laughs> it was What I liked about that movie was not just the the, the coding and the, the computer aspect, but the the way it's, it's a very like psychological bend, right? Like, it is. It, it's there's a huge psychological bend. Like like the the, the tech piece of it's kind of like yeah, you know, some of it's like oh, I could definitely see that happening, and some of it's like Hollywood uh, fantasy. Yeah, you know, we're just gonna try to blow your mind. Definitely some of that there. And you know, nudity. Sorry, there's a lot sorry, of nudity sorry. in that movie, if I remember. Uh yes. Because yes. they're because they're robots, right? They're essentially right. like, you know, of of course all the robots are female. <laughs> of course yes because what yes. else would a would a billionaire make right but a bunch of, <laughs> of fembots to walk around 
Yeah. It's a good point. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean it de- definitely like it's a it's a good movie, but if you're offended by nipples, you probably shouldn't watch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well put. Jason, you're up. All right. So what do I have here? Um, so this one's going to go quick because I haven't, I haven't seen this one. This is one that was mentioned uh, on um, on Dark Knight Diaries uh, specifically in that that Carbonac, um episode. Yeah. Uh, there's a movie called Crime Risk that's all about uh, hacking ATMs. Um, and if I remember correctly, I think he said that was the first instance he could find of a movie that, uh, right. that actually had ATM hacking in it. Right. And the interesting bit is this is a movie from uh, 85, 1985. Yep. Um, that goes uh, apparently pretty in depth with uh, with ATM hacking. So um, it's one that I've, I've just added to my more recently added to my, my list of things I need to watch. Um, uh, but on the, on the same, uh, the same, era uh war games yeah i guess um, i guess you have the which, longest list so go ahead and give us two <laughs> yeah so war well yeah uh by by one but okay mm-hmm. uh so war games is this evens I us up i think i think war games might be the oldest one on the list we have 83 um and it's 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 one of the first uh the first hacker movies i ever saw um about a billion times yeah really good um, movie really good movie um but this is basically uh uh back in the uh the era of bolton board systems and dial-up modems um and the main character has uh written a uh piece of code that just random you know walks through a set of numbers and dials them um if you're interested in code that does that uh hd Moore did a nice uh uh, keynote address at DerbyCon a couple of years ago uh, that that explained a war dialer and all that code is out there and you can play with it. Um, anyway, um, so he ward he he dials a bunch of of numbers and stumbles upon a system that appears to be, um, I think he believes it's it's sort of a a, a game. Um, he, and he ends up he thinks it's a game publisher. Yeah, and yeah. he he ends up sort of. Uh, accidentally triggering uh world war three and uh hilarity ensues uh so the government comes to visit him and you know all sorts of nonsense um but uh it's it's definitely one of the first uh hacker movies ever saw um i mean i was i was doing the bbs thing back then um absolutely fascinated by uh computers at the time so this was this was uh this was just more fuel um and and really got me going. So I don't, I don't know what else you could say about war games. Um, yeah, except I mean, there's a, there's apparently a sequel that I have not seen. Really? Is, yeah. Really? Apparently it wasn't that good. No one ever talks about it. Uh, <laughs> it's called the Dark Hour or something like that. Oh, don't uh, look it up. Hang on. Oh, I'm sorry. The Dead Code. The Dead Code. Yeah, I don't entirely know anything about it. And oh my. There's a new war games in development. I'm afraid. I played the war games, or not the war games game, but DefCon, the Steam game. Game on Steam. So, uh, yes. El Cantaro in the YouTube chat says that uh, nobody saw it and it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Cantaro. <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, so yeah, War Games is definitely a good movie. I, I agree with you 100%. That, that, the, <coughs> excuse me, the whole, the whole, the whole point that I'm trying to bring across with this particular talk is that, um, movies in some cases inspire people to think in a different way. And that's what Hackers did for me. Um, I saw Hackers before I ever saw War Games. I didn't see War Games when it was new. I looked it up later. Um, because it just wasn't, I don't know, whatever. Maybe I, I was, I mean, what, you said 83 it came out? Uh, yeah. I'd have been like three years old then, so that's probably why I didn't see it when it came out. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But anyway. I, I didn't see it when it came out. I, I wasn't you even. Weren't, you weren't born yet. You were freaking millennial. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, but but it's definitely in the same the same vein as uh, everything else in this in this list. So, yeah, really good movie. Uh, I really liked. Again, there was there was some authenticity to how that worked, um, and in a lot of ways, it it brought to light that these things can happen, like war dialing and finding a machine to connect to was a very real thing in that era, because nobody had computers. People didn't have a computer in their living room like they do now, or in their pocket like they do now, let alone one connected to the phone line, randomly dialing phone numbers. I mean, who's going to guess my phone number? I'll just leave it open. Whatever. No one's going to... It's, it's a seven digits, seven whole digits. No one's going to guess that. The reconnaissance, right? I mean, that's just... It's so dark, you know, unless you really know about something. Like, it's... Right. It's, Right. Exciting. And and, and yes, Dustin, I, I don't know if you remember this, but telephone numbers used to be seven digits if you were in the same area code. Yes, I lived in an area that it was an uproar when they added an exchange. <laughs> I was running a phone system at the time, and I got chastised by many people saying, well, why are you requiring this? My cell phone provider, a.k.a. Verizon AT&T, doesn't require it, and you are. I said, well, I'm following the guidelines that were set, and we are active with our 10-digit dialing. I remember when that when that showed up, 10-digit dialing. Anyway, we're getting off off topic. Um, the next movie on my list, it's my turn, right? Next next movie on my list, and people might laugh at me for this one, The Net, which is a Sandra Bullock movie. A Sandra Bullock movie with technology really sounds like um, uh, a contradiction. But again, this... In, in my group of friends... When so the net and hackers were sort of of the same era. I didn't look at their release dates, but I think the net came out either a couple years after hackers or a couple years before. Let me look here. Where's the release date on this thing? Hello, release date. Where does IMDb keep the release date? This should be like right here. Oh, there, 1995. That was 95. I think hackers was 95, wasn't it? Hello, uh, yeah, it was. It was it, I think it was the same year. Yeah, so they came out the same year. So in my group of friends, everyone was like, oh, Hackers is so unrealistic because of the graphics, right? Because the Gibson was like this big CG nightmare, and it was so, so wonky. Um, but the Net featured, like, actual computers with actual like, of-the-day operating systems and web pages and whatever, right? So that was... It, it added a certain air of realism. And the, the net was basically, like... Sandra Bullock, if I remember, she was... She was a software developer, was she? I, I haven't seen this movie in years. But um, 
She stumbles across this like backdoor in an application, which basically was a web page uh, in the in the movie. And she stumbles across this like whole secret society called like the Pythagoreans or something. Nope, the Praetorians. The Praetorians, yes, she was a computer programmer. Right, right. And uh, it's just like this general cyber th- cyber thriller. I personally thought that considering she's. Everything I know about Sandra Bullock as an actress, she seemed like this would be a movie that's very out of her element. I thought she did well as an actress, um, even though she doesn't seem like a very technical technical person at all. Of course, I mean, that's the whole point of an actor, right? An, act, an, an actor is supposed to pretend they're someone they're not. Um, anyway, I don't want to ramble too much. I just thought it was a fun movie. Um, it's not like the sort of movie that I've rewatched a hundred times like I have Hackers. Um, but like I said, in my group of friends, everyone's like, oh, this is so much of a better movie because it's more realistic. Well, when you look back 20 years, 25 years at these two movies, personally, I feel like Hackers has held up better because the computer system was not locked in with the era, right? The computers they were using were very Hollywood and they were very, uh, futuristic, right? And because they don't mimic a current operating system, they still hold up, right? Like, yeah, some of the stuff is dated, like 28, 28.8 kbps, dude. <laughs> like, could you imagine being on the internet at 28k now? <laughs> Screaming, baby. Screaming. Screaming. Yeah. So, well, um, 480 by uh, whatever size that used to be, pixel picture. Right, right. So, com- comparing the net and hackers, which is because they were such similar movies not similar similar uh uh era and similar theme right hackers i think did a better job of portraying what it is to be in that community it portrayed community it portrayed like quirky people that didn't fit in well it portrayed just a, a real curiosity where the net was more like a, a corporate espionage style you know hacker movie right still good but you know you know what movie we forgot you guys remember which one you guys remember antitrust yep i was just looking that one up that was a good one i I don't know i've only seen that once or twice i remember liking it basically i remember liking it because it was so similar to my the my microsoft of that era and i hated Microsoft. well that was that was what the movie (laughs) that was was the point yeah that was microsoft yeah so well very fictionalized, but yes, it was supposed to basically attack Microsoft, if you will. Okay. So, anyway, uh, Dustin, you have another one? Tron, it looks like. Yeah, I mean, it's not really a, a hacker movie. Sure it per is. Se. Sure it is. Well, how... Not, not compared to Listen, you know, some of the other... Hacker can... and computer movies is the theme. It's just that most computer movies... Are hacker movies <laughs> true? True. True. Okay. True. Go. Try. I, I don't know. I, I I disagree. I mean, the whole premise of the movie is that he's a a computer programmer that basically hacked his way into the hardware. Yeah. I mean, he was digitized. He's inside the computer, and I don't know how much hacker you can get in that. I, I guess. I guess. I guess you can categorize that that way. I don't know. It's, I just look at it from like like the way we define hacker today, reverse engineer. But I guess I mean that does fit that 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 definition. I mean you're you're not <laughs> you're not off on that at all. Well, no. So this this does bring up an interesting point, and I don't know if we have time to really cover it tonight. The the, the term hacker 
in my mind, is a very, very broad thing. It's not oh, just absolutely. someone who uses a computer to commit a crime, which is what the media might have you believe. Yep. Bad people are hackers. They're not Bad. reverse engineers. Hacker is not a dirty word. Right. Correct. What, what do you call a, uh, a doctor that kills people? A hack. Still a doctor. Ah. Uh... <laughs> I mean, you know, a lawyer that's that's bad is still a lawyer. I mean, yeah, you can have your your license stripped away, but I mean, right. when you when you do something bad, you're a criminal. Regardless, word for it, it's sort of a right. bucket. We don't need to define what type of criminal they are. They're all criminals, right? They're not very smooth. So anyway, uh, you want to talk more about Tron, or did you you just throw it in there because you wanted to look like you knew what you're talking about? Ah, uh, <laughs> you yeah, look cultured. Like we could talk about Tron. Tron came out before I uh, was born. I'll, I'll give you that fun fact. Um, I f saw Tron when I was very young. Uh, forgot all about it until Tron Legacy came out, <laughs> and then said, "Wow, I really have to watch the old Tron because I don't remember. I don't remember any of it." Yeah, I need to rewatch it too. I've only seen it a couple times, and I it's a very very faint memory. Yeah, it's. Uh, what what always still sticks with me, even even for how great uh, the Tron Legacy's digital effects were and all the money that Disney put into it, MCP yeah. always stuck in my head the first time I saw Tron, the Master Control Program, uh, and I think even South Park did like a skit on one of their episodes where they had a similar MCP appear, you know, that had like the same shape and uh, format. It just was funny, but right. um, yeah, it, it, it's definitely a movie that if you haven't seen it, check it out. Um, if you've seen Tron Legacy first and then watch Tron, you may be bummed, but don't don't compare, you know, the modern effects of today compared yeah. to what they did back then. It was it was ahead of its time. I mean, the, the, the <laughs> we look at it now and it's very like, oh, this is like basic. But if you think about that era, when yeah. what's you running through out, a cardboard maze? What is that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, the grid, the grid. right? Yeah, right. Uh, it was pretty. It was pretty neat. It was pretty neat. Um, and, and and I do and I do say, and some people disagree. I think that Tron Legacy um, was a good follow up to the original Tron. I, I know you know there's definitely some uh, gaps, if you will. But uh, once you get past that first hump of the movie, I think it's it's you know. I it's Tron Legacy was a great ride. It I was. thought really good movie. I thought Tron Legacy was a fun movie. I really did. And I'm not like some weird hardcore Tron fan that was like, you know, some kind of Tron purist. I'm not nearly as upset about Tron Legacy as I am about Ready Player One. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the original or, or, or the uh the the Star Wars prequels. Yeah. Yeah. Well really if you just drop Jar Jar out of those, they're not they're not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> wonder if I could just cut all the Jar Jar scenes out. Someone's done this, I guarantee it. I'm sure there's already a YouTube version, yeah. you know, Star Wars Under a Minute, no Jar Jar. Nice. All right, all right uh, so is it me again? Last movie, no, I think it's I think it's me. No, we went in a weird order, I think it's me now. We did go in a weird Damn order. Damn it, it's me! Okay, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. All because go, my daughter walked in to ask me to turn the Wi-Fi back on. Um... All right, so this is a little, I don't know. I saw this movie a million times because I loved it because it had robots in it when I was a kid. Um, Dustin, have you ever seen this movie? You can see the, you're not looking at the movie. Short Circuit. Sorry, I'm fighting my microphone control. Yes, Johnny Five is alive. You have seen Short Circuit. Okay, so I don't feel quite as like left field on this movie. 
it's not quite a hacker movie, but it's very much a technology movie. And it's 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 all about these robots that were built for battle, right? Right? Like they were they were basically drones. Like if you were to take drones today, except they're very humanoid minus they have they don't they have no legs. They have little tank treads for legs. And they have like laser cannons on their shoulder, right? And cool. there's five of them created. And they're on this like charging station on a on a Nova was the name of the government agency, right? Which was very much like Nova. Nova was the company. Yeah, it was it was meant to look like NASA, I think. Yeah. Like it was meant to feel like this weird government agency. And uh, one of them gets electrocuted or electrified by uh, lightning, right? And it supposedly fried some circuitry. And it enabled some kind of an AI, right? And the whole premise of the movie is that this one robot is alive, right? Because it got short-circuited? Because it got short-circuited. Now, as unbelievable as that might be, you know, a lightning strike isn't going to suddenly create life in a robot. Uh, It is a really fun and funny movie, and I enjoyed it. Uh, It wasn't really like a techno-thriller like the other stuff on this list, but it really formed my interest in just like robots and electronics when I was Ab- when I was little. Ab- Sorry, say that again. You cut out. I said absolutely. I, I felt the same way. Uh, you know, wa- watching it as I was growing up too was just something that definitely like I don't know gave me a different perspective on it. Um, I don't know. It was very different first time, and even just the the quirks of the whole show. Whether you're you know young, enjoying it uh, in your mid teens, or even as an adult, there's humor that kind of fits all age ranges, and it's yeah. still relevant in some ways. I mean, obviously, some of the the comparisons from then to what we deal with now are are very different because the movie's been out since what eighty was the eighties late eighties. Yeah, it was the eighties somewhere. Let me look at the IMDb here. Eighty six. Yipper. What's this guy's name? Newton Crosby. That was what he was always referred to by uh, the gentleman that is not actually Indian, but he played an Indian actor and he got a lot of uh, Fisher Stevens. Right. Fisher Stevens is not Indian. He played an Indian actor um, and uh, uh, what was his name? Ben. That's right. He played the act, the um, role as Ben. Steve Gutenberg. Yeah. Is Steve Gutenberg the guy I'm he, thinking he, of? I never knew his. He name. also really... Fisher Stevens yeah. was also the guy that was in Hackers. Aha! Who that's was he in plague. Hackers? That's the plague. Yes. Holy shit! That's the plague. That is the plague. <laughs> yes. You would have never known it. Jason was the one that pointed it out to me. Uh, I think last year, or the year before, he's like, "Oh, you know that guy that plays that? that yes. Uh, plays that? Yeah." He said, uh, he's not Indian. I said, no, no, no. Yep. That's, that's the plague. That is hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah. But Steve Gutenberg is the one I was thinking. Oh, Ali Sheedy. She was also in, um, war games. Uh, yes. Wasn't she? Yes. Uh, I think so. It's funny how this, this whole, like, uh, let's click on the name and find out. Yes. She was in war games. She was Jennifer. Yeah. She was Jennifer. That's cool. Fun wow. fact. So short circuit was the beginning of <laughs> No, it was this was after of... War Games. This is this is after War Games, sorry. Yeah. It's it's the thread that links all these people together. 
Yeah, yeah. It'd be even funnier yeah, if like the guy who played Dade Murphy was a child actor in this movie or something. It'd <laughs> be hilarious. Oh, that would be good. That'd be hilarious. Well, now I got to find out what else he was in. You 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 just you're making this difficult. But yeah, Steve Gutenberg is is the the guy I was thinking. Of. He was in like every 1980s comedy ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, Police Academy. <clears throat> yep, he's a funny guy. Funny One guy. through five. There was five Police Academies, right? Oh, there's like a million Police Academies. I thought there, there was like seven or something, wasn't there? <laughs> I don't know. Police Academy <laughs> Seven. We're all in wheelchairs. We're all old. Anyway, Police oh. Academy Retirement Edition. But yeah, <laughs> short circuit. Started- Date, date, uh, what the hell is this guy's name? Uh, Johnny Lee Miller. Yes. Started out, his his first acting credit is Doctor Who, so. Awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Was Ali Sheedy ever on uh, Doctor Who? I have no idea. Or The Plague. Was The Plague ever on Doctor Who? No idea. Maybe no that's idea. the source. That's the source. It wasn't of for IM, if it wasn't for IMDb, I wouldn't even know these people's names. The source I'm, is I'm really bad at the this. The source is all Doctor Who. So anyway, uh, Jason, I think you have one more and then we're done. Yep, one more and we're done. So I highly recommend it, folks. Uh, Check out Short Circuit if you haven't seen it. It's a funny movie. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, there is a there is a sequel. Yeah, Short um, Circuit 2 was... It it did not fall to the usual sequel failure, but it, it wasn't as good as the first one either. No, it was not. It was not wasn't as there good. a third too, or, or is it only Short Circuit 2? Only two that I, I know of. I don't think there was a third. Mm. One one could argue that Chappie is the spiritual successor to Short Circuit. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, so the other movie that I have on here is Firewall. Um, so this is a Harrison Ford one. Um, okay, I haven't seen this. So the premise is that he works for a bank, um, and there's uh, hackers that uh, or thieves or whatever you want to call them. Uh, that want to steal stuff from the bank. Um, and the only reason, so the movie itself isn't, it's not, it's not bad. It's not really a heavy tech movie. Um, the reason that I have this on here is this sort of fits into the, um, the XKCD of, of, of hacking. Um, they wanted to get through the firewall. So they kidnapped his family. And threatened to kill them unless he let them through the firewall. So is this just like, um, what was that movie with Darkman in it? Uh, Qui-Gon Jinn? The guy who played these things, I can't remember his name. Uh, Are you talking about Die Hard? Who played Darkman? This guy, Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. He was in that so, movie where they like they like stole his family. Wasn't it called like Ransom or something? Oh yeah, uh, there was a couple, wasn't there? Taken, Taken, Taken. That's right. Yeah, so this is like Taken, but with a technology aspect. <laughs> Sorry, I'm also getting interrupted. Yeah, except um, you didn't. You weren't so, interrupted by a kid in her pajamas wearing rollerblades asking me to turn the Wi-Fi back on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a, uh, we thought that was Batwoman. <laughs> anyway, my kid's a hacker. Uh-huh. She can she can use rollerblades. Oh, that's, that's there's great. a rhyme that has to do with roller skates now. Anyway, uh, anyway, anyway, firewall. 
Yep. So uh, it was more of a this. I threw this in more on the uh, on the more realistic uh, scenario um, aspect of things. Um, you know, it's it's well within reason for uh, uh, criminals to hold people hostage uh, in an attempt to get through, and that's that's basically what this movie is about. I don't know if I'd call um, it reason, but it's it's within. And, what what, what I think makes it what I think it makes it even fun uh, more fun is that um, Harrison Ford is supposed to be a security specialist in this movie. Yeah, and if you watch the movie, um, you get the very you get the impression he's not. He's he's very much a more of a manager type. Um, so this 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 felt to me like the. Uh, uh, you know, the dude who went and got a CISSP and knows all the security stuff and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's in charge of security type. Um, so it was, uh, sort of hit a bunch of different, different areas. Um, not a horrible movie. I don't think it did very well. Um, it's worth, worth a shot if you're, uh, if you're interested. It sounds, um, contrived. It is a bit. I think is the um, word I'm looking for. You know, it's Harrison Ford. It's, <clears throat> it's decent. It's not, you know, the acting is pretty good, so. Yeah, while while kidnapping someone's family to get them to do something is not unheard of, um, it definitely sounds like a thing that only happens in the movies, especially when it's related to a firewall. Fair enough. Yeah. So. All right. Well, that's Iron Sysadmin's technology movie review night. <laughs> Um, I, I hope you found this as in, as insightful as I hoped it was going to be. Um, I wish we had had a little more time to prepare. Like I said, I, I wish I could have just sat down and watched most of these movies to refresh myself on uh, on the, the plots and the premises and whatever. And I think I may actually have to watch one or two of these that I haven't seen yet, like Firewall, because it sounds so believable. Yeah, well, I'm going to have to sit down and watch a bunch of these again, because um, now it's bringing memories. Yeah. Uh, I have to watch a couple because I've never seen them, such as uh, footwear. I mean, sneakers. I, was I can't Shut believe up, you haven't seen sneakers. Have you I seen? Haven't. Have you seen the net? No. 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 I mean, it's it's worth a watch. It's worth like one watch. And one if you watch? if you really one. like it, then you know, watch it again. But um, I think <laughs> I've only seen it once or twice, and I only I only vaguely remember the plot. But it, I remember it being is not a horrible movie. Um, but yeah, my whole point here is that these these movies helped inspire a generation to think outside of the box, and um, I don't know that movies today still do that. I mean, I, I think about movies like Black Hat, which was just like this horrible... I, I haven't even seen Black Hat. Have either of you seen it? No. I, I don't think I've actually seen the movie. I'm mainly going on reports I've gotten from lots of people that have seen it, they said it wasn't a great action movie and it wasn't a great technology movie, and those are the two things it tried to hit. I mean, Chris Hemsworth as a hacker seems weird. It's let's see, a get out of jail. So this guy, this convicted hacker, gets a get out of jail free card to join a team of American or Chinese technical experts tasked with tracking down a Balkan cyber terrorist operating from somewhere in Southeast Asia. Oh, so it's Swordfish minus the bank. Sounds reasonable. I mean, think about it, right? So Swordfish had an action star as their main character, Hugh Jackman. <laughs> I mean, come on, the guy's Wolverine. Yep. So, you know, why not take Thor and do the same thing? 
uh, again, sounds reasonable. Yeah, right. Totally. Anyway, I think that about wraps it up for tonight. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, remember, you guys can watch us live roughly at 7 p.m. on the second and fourth Wednesday of every month. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, and you'll get a notification if you hit the little bell there when we go live, because usually we're a little bit late because, well, let's face it, we've all got busy lives, and while we try to get together early enough to get this done, um, I think by the time the three of us were all on this call, it was about five minutes to seven. So <laughs> it, it is what it is, guys. Um, if you want to subscribe to us on YouTube and you're not already there, youtube.com slash ironsysadminpodcast. Uh, like I mentioned before, you can join our Slack workspace, uh, ironsysadmin.com slash Slack. We'll get you directly to the invite link that I have open. As long as no one starts abusing that, it'll, it'll remain open. Uh, if people start abusing it, we'll have to start going to an invite-only model, I suppose. And I really don't want to do that because that's even more overhead for a podcast Ooh. that uh, you know doesn't really pay us. We do this for fun. Uh, Facebook and Twitter, you can find us, Iron Sysadmin. We've got a Facebook page, a Twitter account. Um, the Twitter account was most recently seen conversing with me because, you know, I have multiple personalities. <laughs> wow, you're aware. That's interesting. Yeah, it's mm. weird. It's weird. Uh, and don't forget, if you want to support us monetarily, you can do so via Patreon, patreon.com slash ironsysadmin. Uh, I also, I'll have to get a link for it and add it to the show notes. I have set up a very small Teespring shop where you can get Iron Sysadmin branded stuff like shirts and coffee mugs and whatever. I'll just start adding that to the show notes so you guys can uh, can go check them out. <clears throat> Teespring doesn't give us a huge profit, but if you guys want to sport our gear and advertise for the podcast for us, that'd be awesome. So I'll get that in the link, or in the show notes. Um and that, I think, is that for tonight. Any final words from either of you two? Uh, bird. bird. Bird is the word. Bird is the word. Indeed, sir. Indeed. Ma, 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 ma. Bird, bird, bird. Bird is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Go check out Hacker Movies on our Say So. And check back in two weeks for our next episode where we might be talking about disasters with Charles. So have a good one, folks, and we'll catch you in two weeks. Night, all. Good night. (laughs) That's what babies are good for. Nate says that's what babies are good for. Did I ever tell you about the time that I got covered in in baby formula vomit? No. Ooh. It was fun. It's a great Ooh. story. Yeah. <laughs> I've gotten my share of vomit too. <laughs> Can you hear when I roll my keyboard tray? No, but if you make that face every time you do it, so it's really loud. gonna get awkward. <laughs> That's important. Make okay, a difference. If if you guys can be quiet for like a minute. <laughs> <coughs> I can <laughs> I can get this recorded. <coughs> That's handy. <clears throat> Jay, where's all your shelves? What shelves? They're gone! They're ah <laughs> now the wall is pink. <laughs> the pink wall has returned. <laughs> what shelves? I never had any shelves there. <laughs>